another day, and yes, it's another Apple rumor. It's crazy. But the Apple rumor mill seems to be just escalating. There are all kinds of questions about the next generation AirPods. Will there be a new MacBook Pro? What about a 6K display? Maybe, just maybe, an Apple foldable phone? And then what about this whole deal about Apple now being the news for Netflix? Huh? Don't worry, we have all the answers. But this is kind of a like all Apple everything podcast because while I had that expert on the phone, I also realized that, well, he knows a lot about podcasting too. So how many different podcasts do you think they're available right now? Just say a number out loud. Whatever it is, I guarantee you that you don't know the answer to the second question. Out of all the hundreds and thousands of podcasts available, how many are actually listened to? And can you really make money at podcasting? We're going to take a look at the current state of podcasts. And along the way, we throw in some Apple tips, tricks, and secrets that you definitely don't want to miss. These are things that you're going to sit back and go, hey, I wish I knew that before now, because this is Commando On Demand, where we talk to industry movers and shakers. We keep you up to date on everything digital. We have new episodes every Wednesday and every Friday. And make sure that you subscribe, because this way you get them delivered automatically. Before we get to all that, a special thank you goes out to our partners because they help make these Commando On Demand podcasts possible. When you're hiring, you don't want to waste time sorting through dozens of irrelevant resumes. You want an efficient way to get to a short list of qualified candidates. You need Indeed.com. Post a job in minutes. Set up screener questions based on your job requirements. Then zero in on qualified candidates using an intuitive online dashboard. Discover why 3 million businesses use Indeed.com for hiring. Post a job today at Indeed.com slash hire. Search for greatness. Search Indeed. Hey, welcome back to Commando On Demand. Today we're talking about the Apple rumor mill and what Apple is going to come up with next. And joining us on this podcast is Rob Walsh. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Rob. Okay, Rob was inducted into the Podcasting Hall of Fame. He's actually has a really big job. He's the vice president of podcaster relations for Libsyn. And before that, he was the president and founder of Podcast 411. And of course, he has a great book, Tricks of the Podcasting Masters. And I love Rob's podcast, Today in iOS. Which, by the way, aside from Commando On Demand, is my most favorite podcast ever. Well, thank you. Okay. Little shameless plug right there. Um, so there's always the Apple rumor mill, right, Rob? I mean, mm-hmm. it seems like every time you turn around, they're going to say, oh, we're going to have a new iPhone. We're going to have a new HomePod, a new HomeKit, a new Apple car, a, um, new this, a new that, new AirPods that are going to take your temperature. Have you heard about those? Yeah, the, the second generation are supposed to have some health features um, built in. Now, here's my favorite feature, and this... Guys that are over 45 will appreciate the new AirPods. They're going to be black. (laughs) And and, and the reason why is when you are over 45 and you're a guy and you're wearing these white AirPods, the first thing that you have to do is remember good grooming because the hairs stick out and make really, really noticeable with that white. Right. You know, the hair grows everywhere but the top of your head. Right. So, So guys will really appreciate... Anyone that has ear hair will really appreciate black AirPods. But see, if they're black, they're going to be easier to lose. Oh, well, uh, only at night. (laughs) 
<laughs> you you can still ping them, right? So you can ping them. That's true. That's true. Um, hey, you know, since we're on the topic of AirPods, it was in the news not too long ago about how people were using AirPods and iPhones in order to uh, clandestine listen to conversations. Oh well, that's it's it's a feature, and it's under accessibilities, and you can use your phone. You can leave it in a meeting, and you leave your phone in the re- meeting room, and you just turn it on where you can listen to the microphone from your your um your that's on your iPhone right in your AirPods as you walk out of the room. So you can go out and listen to what people are saying about you after you left left the room. <laughs> and, and, and I'm sure there's more than a few breakups have, have occurred over this. Um, and not to mention business meetings where people have done that. Uh, but it, that's not the reason Apple has that feature there. It's actually for uh, accessibility reasons so that if you have a problem hearing, you can use your AirPods like a hearing aid. And a lot of people have asked me about that, by the way, saying like, you know, if I'm having trouble hearing, is you've mentioned about the AirPods and hearing aids. And so so do we know if the new AirPods 2 are coming out? The rumor, and again, the rumor mills, take it what it's worth, but it had been starting to spin up in December that there would be a an event the last week of March. And that is starting to seem like that's coming together more and more smoke around a, a, a last week of March event in Apple at their headquarters in Cupertino. And it looks like the new AirPods with a case that will allow you to charge it wirelessly and possibly Apple's missed power pad that was supposed to be out last year will be announced at that event. And I, I don't know if it's me wishing for it, but there's also some rumors about an iPhone SE 2. Really? I didn't hear about that one. Yeah, I, I, again, I think that's me being overly optimistic um, and my wife yelling in my ear, when are they going to have an SE2? I'm like, well, maybe March. <laughs> um, but no, because uh, my wife's one of those people that loves the smaller size iPhone. Um, she doesn't like the bigger one. She doesn't like the X, the the 10R. Excuse me, I don't want to say XR. Uh, 10R. She doesn't like uh, the 10. Uh, too big. Those are all the, the current size iPhones are to her are all too big. So she is holding on uh, with to her SE, hoping it doesn't die. Well, speaking of big, I also read that Apple is planning to launch a MacBook Pro with a 16 to 16 and a half inch display, and they actually say that it's going to be um, it's going to be here within the next couple of months as well. I hope so, and hopefully they'll have an SD card slot back in it, and they'll have an HDMI slot in it because the current MacBook Pro. It's not the pickup truck that, you know, Steve Jobs got on there and said, you know, computers are your pickup. The current MacBook Pro is more like an El Camino. Um, <laughs> it, I mean, come on. If you're going to call it a pro. I see the spinner it, wheels. That's why I'm like. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just put the uh, an HDMI port in there. Put uh, an SD card slot in there. Oh. Don't make everything USB-C because I mean, then you have to dongle. You have to remember to bring the dongles with you. If you go out and speak, if anybody who speaks knows this, um, and, and dongles don't always work. Some no. HDMI dongles don't work. So you'll get there and you'll plug an HDMI dongle, and I've seen this happen to someone on a new <laughs> MacBook, and it didn't work and they couldn't present. They had to use my laptop, which was the older one. And you're like, okay, so you're the pro. I'm glad you're here. Okay. <laughs> or how about the 31.6-inch 6K display that Apple's working on? wonder how much that's going to be. 
if you have to ask, it's not for you, right? It's, it's, we don't even give you a price. I don't want to put a price on it. Just, just click yes and your charge card will be charged some random number. Just take my money. That's, that's yes. it. Okay, Apple's about to release a service that's being described as the Netflix for news. We're going to be talking about that next. And then we're going to talk about Apple. I mean, first of all, we have Samsung's foldable phone. Okay, Apple has a patent now on their own foldable phone. But what's the deal with it? And then later on, we've got some insider secrets on what it takes to be a successful podcaster. Before we get to all that, a special thank you to some of our partners who make these Commando On Demand podcasts possible. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. Plus, there's no account minimum deposit needed to get started, so you can start investing at any level. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. View easy-to-understand charts and market data and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio. Discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss an opportunity to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners of Commando On Demand a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up at invest.robinhood.com, invest.robinhood.com. Okay, welcome back. We're speaking with podcast veteran Rob Walsh. Okay, Rob is so smart. You don't want to miss a moment of anything that he has to say. Okay, now also Apple has this new service. Is it for news? People have said it's going to be like gaming for Netflix or, or gaming like Netflix or news like Netflix. What do you know about that? Well, it's supposed to be like the Netflix of news. And what does that exactly mean? Because I always love when people try to compare things to Netflix. Netflix took a lot of hard stuff to find that wasn't on the Internet. And, and then brought it to a place where you could stream it all in one place. That's where Netflix's value came. Whatever Apple's going to do, it's not going to be taking a bunch of stuff that's not on the Internet, right? They're just going to take stuff that's on the Internet and bring it together. So I, I don't believe those comparisons. What it'll be is it'll charge you like Netflix. You have to charge you pay a monthly fee to get to this. And, and maybe this will be some of the stuff they'll take that was previously – you know, available freely, and now they're going to lock it behind a wall. And whenever someone does that, I don't call that the Netflixing of, of an event. I call that the blockbustering of it, of a content. Um, because really, when you lock that down and make it hard to get to, it usually peters out and dies. Well, I did read that this Apple News, when it does get the subscription service, that is much like Apple Music, that a lot of the publishers, Wall Street Journal, New York Times, etc., that they don't necessarily want to give them the content because Apple wants 50% of the revenues. Well, yeah, people don't want to give up anything. You know, um, Nobody wants to give up uh, the percentage to Apple if they don't have to. Now, some people will do it um, under the promise that, hey, you're going to get access to a larger pool of people and there's going to be more money. But eh, it's going to be tough to tell uh, newspapers like the Wall Street Journal that have their own private paywall that you need to now make all that content available um, in one place where you now you're not going to get your direct re relationship with, with the consumer. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I mean, if you're going to spend $10 a month, a subscription plan to say uh, your newspapers and Vanity Fair and Vogue and National Geographic, maybe a couple of hundred publications, 
Uh, it's it's. I don't know if it's going to be an easy sell. I mean, I look at Apple Music, do you, and I subscribe to Apple Music. I do. It's ten dollars a month, and it's there when I want it. And I can listen to whatever I want. Yeah, and I guess the big question would be on this: Will they allow you to trade in air miles for it? That would right. be nice. Okay, finally, use for I, those air miles. But I, I don't. I I don't know. I. It seems like Apple's trying to to monetize in a lot of places, but it, I don't know if it doesn't make a lot of sense here. I, maybe it will. I'm, I'm sure they're going to get quite a few people that'll sign up. Personally, I wouldn't sign up for a premium service like that for news. Um, I have my trusted sources. I like the free sources that I go to. And when I come across a Wall Street Journal article, I go, oh, well, guess I'm not reading that article. And I move on and I find it where someone else who did read it synopsis is for me, you know, over on The Verge or or one of the other sites. Well, I'll tell you, though, the Wall Street Journal, I, I go back and forth with the subscription for that because it's very expensive. And uh, just when I feel like I'm going to cancel it, that's when they come up with something that's really fascinating to me. Like, for example, they, they did an article not too long ago. They did a whole expose, and it probably took them months to do this, but a whole expose on Glassdoor.com about how companies like Tesla and Slack – that they actually have contests to, for people to give them positive reviews. So that's why they have all these positive reviews. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I read this whole article. I thought, okay, just reading this article alone and the research that went into it was enough for me to keep my subscriptions. It's kind of like consumer reports. You know, you don't really want to pay for that, but then when you go to figure out which refrigerator you should buy, you're like, okay, well, maybe that's the refrigerator that I should get. Um, we have, of course, the Samsung foldable phone. What do you think? Will Apple ever come up with a foldable phone? Well, you know, someone was asking me the other day, why doesn't Apple come out with these things first? I'm like, because they can't come out with these things first. Because you have to be able to go from zero to 80 million like that, <laughs> yeah. right, in a quarter. You have to be able to do that. And if you can't do that with a brand new technology, there's, there's no way Apple can roll that out. They can't roll out something like a foldable phone until it becomes a proven technology that they can mass produce. So they'll let Samsung do it um, in small niche numbers. Let them work out all the issues and the recalls and the fires and the you can't bring it on the airplane type issues and let Samsung get all those deals. And then when it's mass producible and they see, okay, yeah, people want it, now we'll, we'll go ahead and roll it out. And, and then they'll buy up all the inventory for it. But, you know, it, it's not like the early days on the iPod. When the iPod came out, Apple bought up all the hard drive um, uh, of the, the small, was it three and, a half, three and a half, I think it was, or or the 2.5-inch, whatever it was, hard drive size that they bought up, all the inventory. And it was only like a million or two, right? Now they have to buy in 80 million, 50 million type increments for something. And that's a big deal. So speaking of Apple... I went over to my mother's house yesterday. She actually lives in my guest house. So when I say I go over to her house, I like I walk across <laughs> the driveway, okay? And and I'm really afraid of her falling. I really am. So I got her one of those medical guardians and I'm like, "You know what, mom? Like, you know, put this around your neck, okay? And it's like a like say about $200 every quarter. And I pay for that, of course, and she just won't wear it, okay? She's like, I don't need it. I'm not going to wear it. I'm never going to fall. 
Okay. Then I have to remind her, even as I did this morning, that you fell 14 months ago and I don't want you to fall ever again. Okay. So yesterday it kind of hit me that I bought her a HomePod and she has an iPhone and she has an iPad and I set her all up. So now all she has to do in that Brooklyn accent is say, hey, Siri, call Kim Commando because that's what she sounds like, by the way. And then suddenly my phone will ring. And she thought that was like the coolest thing. And it just got me thinking about the ways that you can use technology to better people's lives. Um, do you have any quick tips that you like to pass along? Well, one of the things I would say is buy her an Apple Watch. The, the, four, the new generation Apple Watch has fall detect. She won't wear it. She won't wear a watch. Ooh, no, she won't, she won't wear the watch. She won't wear the pendant. She, she's convinced that she's... Uh, that she's okay, that everything's going to be fine. Okay, She had the Whipple procedure last September. I don't know if you know anything about the Whipple, but it's like the way that it's been described to me is the surgery that they still do today that they did the same way in the 1850s, meaning that they they cut you open, they take out all your insides, they take out your pancreas, and they put you all back together. Okay, So because she had pancreatic cancer. Mm -hmm. And so, but so she, so I'm convinced that something might happen to her and she won't come move into my house. She calls it the big house. She likes her independence. So that's why I set her up with this Hey Siri. Yeah, well, that is a great use of Hey Siri. And, and, and right there, about four people's Hey Siri's just went off. <laughs> no, and actually, mine, mine, just, mine just went off in my office. And, and you're calling Kim Commando right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. If she's not going to wear it, then having it, having a couple in the house would be a good idea because you want her to be, you know, it actually picks up the home HomePod picks up from a good distance, and it it does hear it, um, so, and hears it over other noise, hears it over the radio and other things. So it actually does a pretty good job picking up um, your voice when you ask for it, and once you train it. But you're going to have to train her. You have to train it to her voice. So yes. make sure you get her to set up and, and do a couple of test recordings. Yes. Um, that, you know, but, and, and the other thing, too, is that sometimes a lot of these things that, that you start doing with your Apple products, it's because somebody shows you how to do it, right? Um, like my sister was over and she said to me, here's Mia. That's her granddaughter. Uh, here's Mia's application for a high school. Can you do me a favor and scan it and email it to me? And I said, what? And she said, can you scan this on your printer and then email me the PDF? And I explained to her, I said, well, you can do this with your phone. She said, well, the picture doesn't work that good. And I, so I showed her about how you could scan important documents using the Notes app. That yeah, just, just push, long push on the Notes app. You don't yes. even have to open the Notes app anymore. Now you just long push on it and one of the options is scan documents. So that's a, a nice little couple step saver. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought you actually have to. So you, you just hold down the notes? You just go to the notes app on your on your iPhone. So if you go open up your iPhone and you see the notes app there, and I actually did it for your the release so we could get, I could get on the air today. Um, and, and you just push <laughs> down on the notes app and you will see one of the options, if just a long push. You'll see scan document. Then you tap scan document, boom, scan it, and then email it. And I did that and send it over to your guy, Mike. Which is beautiful. So, yeah, I mean, I don't I haven't used my scanner on my printer oh, in a couple of years now. I, so I always use the scan document, scan and send. So easy. So what other things can people do with their stuff that they never thought of before? You know, one of the, the, the big things, you know, I, and I'm still a big proponent is, is a ring doorbell. 
and, and I got this for uh, my parents and, and you make, make sure you have good Wi-Fi in your house too, which is why the way why Amazon bought Eero was because the ring doorbells don't work all that well on bad Wi-Fi and they bought ring. Oh, so they bought ring and Eero and the two go together really nice. Um, but yeah, if you have a, a ring doorbell, Eero and the ring work great. So my parents and my mom, by the way, is from Brooklyn also. So oh, she's got the Brooklyn accent. Oh, so you yes. know exactly what I'm talking about. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay. But they live on Long Island now. But my mom is from Brooklyn and I Long grew Island. up with the Brooklyn. Yes. Yes. I grew up with the Brooklyn accent. Um, but my parents now can be up in their room and they can answer the doorbell. They can see who's at the front door. They don't have to get up and go downstairs and, and see who's there. And that's a nice thing. Where anytime you have to keep people from running down the stairs because someone's at the door, um, you know, my parents, parents are in their 80s. Our mother is not quite there yet. It's 78. Shh, I didn't say that. <laughs> um, but uh, the point is that to me is, is a great device to have and have that app on your phone and should have that. Any elderly folks should have that right on the front page of their iPhone, uh, the front home screen. Speaking of gadgets, okay, mm -hmm. I put a video on my Instagram account of my golden retriever puppy. Her name's Abby. Now, you have to remember that Abby's a golden retriever puppy and her mother, me, is very into technology. So why get the dog a regular bone when you can get the dog a wicked bone? Okay. okay. This bone is Bluetooth enabled. Now you have to imagine this, Rob. It's the size. It's like a dog bone. Okay. So whenever the dog goes to the bone, you move the bone away from the dog. <laughs> and, and then you can make the bone spin, get on the side. Oh, it just drives the dog crazy. Just drives her crazy. So, if the dog is hard to potty train, it's not her being stubborn. It's her getting back at you. <laughs> I thought so. Okay, so we've covered the Apple rumor mill. Up next, Rob has been a successful podcaster for 10 years. And I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, he's the vice president of podcast relations at one of the biggest podcast platforms out there. It has kind of a strange name. It's called Lipson. Up next, we're going to find out what it takes to create a successful podcast. But first, a special thank you to our partners who helped make this podcast possible. It's 2019, and technology has grown leaps and bounds since 1999. So why are you still using that old, outdated software? Find software that fits your business's needs using Captera.com. I get asked all the time for different recommendations, and I refer people to Captera.com. With over 700,000 reviews of products from real software users, discover everything you need to make an informed decision. Search more than 700 specific categories of software, everything from project management to email marketing to yoga studio management software. No matter your business needs, Captera makes it easy to discover the right solution fast. Join the millions of people who use Captera each month to find the right tools for their business. Visit Captera.com slash Kim today to find the right tools to make 2019 the year for your business. Once again, that address is capterra.com slash Kim. Let me spell it for you. C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A dot com slash Kim. All right, we're back. And we're speaking with Rob Walsh from Lipson about what it takes to be a successful podcaster. And let me tell you, it's not easy. You may think that, oh, I just need a microphone and then I'm going to talk about my neighbors and see what happens. Not so much. 
let's talk a little bit about podcasting because we have a lot of people that are obviously into podcasting. They get Commando On Demand. They listen to your podcast, of course. What What is the latest number as far as how many podcasts are out there? Well, according to Apple, the latest number they gave was a little bit over 600,000 podcasts. Now, you have to take that with a big grain of salt because a little under 200,000 of them have actually released new content in the last 12 months. Oh, that's so, interesting. That's interesting. So when when you look at active podcasts, the number's around 200,000. Um, so take it take it that way. And again, 200,000 is not a huge number. Even 600,000 is not a big number when you compare it to the 600 million blogs that are out there. So 200,000 podcasts versus you know half a billion blogs there's a big difference. So it's still more niche and more exclusive uh, to have a podcast than it is, say, to have a blog. What's the most popular topic for a podcast? All right. So the most popular, if you're going to go by downloads, are comedy podcasts. If you're going to go by number of new shows in the last year, surprisingly, it's business. And if you're going to go by the number of shows overall, all time, it's religion. Really? Yeah, so there's a lot of churches, a lot of churches put their podcasts, put their sermons up as, um, you know, as a podcast. But in the last year, there was definitely more new business podcasts than anything else. Although you'll hear more about the true crime podcasts, which there definitely are a plethora of, without a doubt. <laughs> there's quite a few of them out there. But po- comedy podcasts still, when we look at the most popular podcast, it's still comedy podcasts are up there. And, and then followed by education. So history podcasts are really popular. Uh, one of the most popular podcasts out there is Hardcore History with Dan Carlin, and he gets millions of downloads per episode. And, and on a per episode basis, it's one of the most popular podcasts. Period. Wow, that is crazy. I mean, you wouldn't think like a history podcast would get so many downloads, but he does make it entertaining, and he does tell the stories, which is, I think, why it's so successful. Um, we were doing some research onto why podcasts are popular, and. There's this whole link between podcast listening and the number of smartphones that are out there. But there's this guy, Dr. Paul Zak. Have you heard of him? I have not. He's a neuroeconomist. Uh, he studies brain activities and as they listen to stories. And he actually says that podcasts are so popular because our brains crave stories. What do you think about that? Well, I, I think what we crave is – just something to pass the time. Um, and podcasting helps that. I mean, when you're driving in the car, you want to listen to something. And, and music has gotten to the point where it's so formulaic and, and you want to be educated too. And music isn't educating you. And here's an opportunity. And that's why I, the education podcasts have always been the number two category as far as downloads. I think people like to be educated and they also like to be entertained. Hence why comedy podcasts are number one. And if you can do both, um, just podcast called The Dollop, um, which is both history and comedy, um, you can be pretty popular. Uh, I've always looked at it as people just have more time in the day to listen than they do anything else, and podcasts fill that time and fill that opportunity. Well, it could also be like, for example, I was driving with my teenage son Ian yesterday, and uh, and I got jumped into his car, and of course his iPhone automatically kicked into his car. And then I looked on the screen and uh, playing was a boogie in the hoodie or something like that. <laughs> and, and, I, and I said it just like that. And he's like, Mom, you are so old that you said it like that. 
Uh, and they were talking about living the life of the gangster and putting on their Gucci shoes and things like that. Uh, and it's, I was thinking to myself, it's, and I asked him, I said, have you ever listened to a podcast? I mean, and he looked at me like, you know, like, you know, like I just asked him, you know, if cauliflower was his favorite food of all time, right? Uh, but I, I think it might also be a generational thing, don't you think? Well, we see people that are listening to podcasts that are teenagers and, and you know, 13 to, to 21. There's one podcast that's pretty popular in that area called My Brother, My Brother and Me. Uh, does really well. Matter of fact, does much better on Spotify um, than it does on, on any other platform because uh, that platform is geared towards uh, more uh, folks that are under the age of 30. So, you know, depending on the platform, we see different shows or, or more popular in different places. But there are definitely podcasts that are appealing to the younger crowd. Now, I'll say the percentage of people that listen to podcasts that are under 18 is not near the percentage of people that listen that are above 35. You know, above 35 still is is you know, 35 to 55 is still the largest group as percentage wise as far as uh, the percent of that group you know which is interesting because last summer i had some time and i was sampling various podcasts and i looked at the top of the apple charts and i would go through and i'd download a few episodes of each one and there were a few that I found fascinating just from the extent of i was really surprised at the content, like for example, uh, guys that I have, um, how do you say this? Well, uh, it, it uses yeah, it, yes, it, it's guys. Yes, I know the one you're talking about. Right, there's an F, there's an F bomb that yes. could be in their title. Yes, and and I sat there and I looked at the title and I was like, guys that I okay, uh, all right, and then these two girls get on and they're chatting about. Girth and uh, and length and um, toys, and I gave it like five minutes, and I said, you know, this is ridiculous. Are are those podcasts popular? Yeah, there have always been some really good ones in that genre. Sex with Emily um, does it in a tasteful and and, and in a much better way, uh, I would say. Uh, so, it, Sex with Emily is, is definitely um, a good one on that genre. And, and she's had a lot of success with her podcast. Um, there was another one early on from called uh, Violet Blue, a producer, a podcaster called Violet Blue, and she used to write. Um, she used to be a, a writer, for, I think it was for the San Francisco Journal, and she had one of the early sex positive pos podcasts out there. So there, there have always de definitely always been podcasts about sex and and the topic. Um, some done for more education, some done for more shock. Some try to do both. All right. You mentioned Spotify. Talk a little bit about how Spotify is doing. They're the number two place that uh, consume podcasts. They're a little bit less than 10% of, of consumption, about 9.4% we saw last month of consumption. Apple still, I mean, let's, before you, there's been articles out there that were saying Spotify and Pandora are fighting for the, the preeminence place of podcast consumption. Let's put this to bed. 62.3% um, of podcast consumption last month was directly to either Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Wow. Everything else combined and basically doubled was where Apple was. Right? So, so where's, where's Google in all this? 1% for Google Podcasts. <laughs> um, but they're growing. It's getting, you know, they, they're up to 1%. 
They just crossed one percent. Uh, you know, there's only about eight places where people really consume podcasts. You know, you have Apple Podcasts is number one, Spotify is number two, Overcast is number three, then Stitcher, then Castbox, Podcast Addict, Pocket Cast, and then Google Podcast. Now, that's where it is right now. Pandora just launched in, in December. Pandora is about 0.17 percent of consumption, but they only on a very tiny percent, like one less than one percent of shows. They only have like a thousand shows. So that number will grow, and Pandora in the next two years will be up there, and probably right neck and neck with 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 Spotify in about two years would be my guess. In the U.S., of course, not outside the U.S. Pandora is only U.S. But you know, there's not many places where people consume podcasts, and and that's Spotify is clearly the number two, and they're the first number two we've had in the podcast space since Zune. Oh so my gosh, I totally forgot someone... about the Zoom. <laughs> yes, that was the last time anyone was clearly a number two in the space. So it's nice to have a number two, but there's been some articles about Spotify saying that they're taking over and that there was even someone that wanted to block their recent acquisition of Gimlet and saying that it was a monopoly. I'm like, no, it's not a monopoly. They're, they're tiny players still in the space. They're growing. Um, they're number two, but Apple's still the 800-pound or the 62.3-pound gorilla. Where is iHeart in all this? Very small. Really? As far as podcast consumption. Yeah. No, they, they, they're very small. Uh, they asked me not to say their percentage, but they're not in the top eight. And then tuned in. They were big for a while too, weren't they? Yeah, but still in the, in the podcast side of things, they just never got it really going. Um, they're there, but they're still a small percentage. They don't make the top eight. So not above 1%. Yeah, I mean, they have the potential. Um, iHeart definitely has the potential. Um, Radio.com, Intercom's um, uh, Endeavor is now pushing, and we'll see some push from them in the next uh, year or two. So we'll see where they are two years from now. But ultimately, yeah, maybe we'll get to 12 places where people are consuming podcasts if they really push it, uh, Intercom, and iHeart gets serious about it, uh, which would be nice. I, I hope they would. So far, iHeart's mostly focused on their own properties. Um, we'll see where, where they go in the future. So what are, what are some important elements? So if somebody's listening and they want to launch a podcast, because as you mentioned, even though we talk about 200,000 or 600,000 podcasts, that number is relatively small when you consider the number of blogs out there. What are some important elements? Well, I think the most important thing to know, it's not a, about the technology. And you know, some people say, oh, there's tech is the reason – it's about content. You have to create good content that's worth people's time. Yeah, there's more time that they consume audio, but you are competing with others and you have to make the consumer or the listener feel that they've spent their time wisely. I think that's the big difference between a good and a bad podcast is a good podcast is after someone listens to it, they felt that time was well spent. And a bad podcast, as you mentioned earlier, you spent five minutes on a podcast and you're like, oh, why did I listen to that? Can I have that five minutes back? Right, exactly. Right? Right. And, and, and that's where you want to make sure that what you're doing is you're presenting. It doesn't have to be broad. Um, you know, one of the things I'd say, pick the topic that you are passionate about. There's a podcast called the Chameleon Breeder Podcast. It's for chameleon breeders. For, you know, the vast majority <laughs> wait, wait, of people wait, out wait. there. Wait, wait, wait. Just wait. Back up. The Chameleon Breeders Podcast? Chameleon Breeders Podcast. It is for people that breed chameleons. It is a podcast focused on people that breed chameleons. Not people that buy chameleons, but the people that are breeding them. So it's a subset of a subset of a subset, right? So, but the point is this, podcasting 
is not broadcasting. It's very narrow cast. It's very niche cast. And, and creating a good podcast doesn't mean it's right for the masses. Now, yeah, Joe Rogan does a good job at, at getting a large audience. And, and Dan Carlin does a really good job getting a large audience. But most podcasts that are successful aren't huge numbers because there aren't many with those big numbers. They're ones that hit their niche and hit it well. And if you do that, you can build a good following, a loyal following. The guy that has the Chameleon Breeder podcast makes money, more money from advertising than a comedy podcast that has 25, 30,000 wow. listeners. That is something. Um, speaking of making money, how's the money train going with podcasting now? People making – I mean I know we are. We've, I mean we are you – know, we've started to make some pretty decent money with it uh, as the number of downloads – Talk a little bit about what's going on with podcasting in Nielsen a little bit. Well, Nielsen has a way where they have a service where they, they, they're going to track your listeners and their IP address and cookies and this and that. And then when that IP address comes in, they kind of guess at who the producer is. And then they, it's kind of stalking and actually against GDPR rules from what Nielsen's doing. Um, and soon to be against CCPA. Um, when California rolls that out on, on January 1st um, of, of 2020. Uh, so, yeah, Nielsen's kind of got a service, but you look at it and there was a recent survey that said, you know, said 83% of, of people feel that targeted ads are immoral. Immoral? Really? Yes. Yes. That's an, that's an interesting word. It was Forbes just had the article um, and and. and Eighty-three percent felt that targeted ads, where they're using information, were the unethical and immoral. Um, you have to read the, the exact art, uh, quote from the article. But the point of this was, many of them felt that they didn't have anywhere else to go. Hence, on Facebook, so they felt you know a lot of these ads they didn't have anywhere else to go. But when you're listening to podcasts, if someone is targeting and tracking you, and you don't like that and you feel it's creepy, you can just go to another podcast. That's not doing that. That's true. You know, there is a lot of attention that's been brought on the podcasting space uh, due to different acquisitions and, and things like that. And one thing on, on the monetization to, to remember is most people don't actually ever make money from podcasts. And I think people don't realize that only about 7% of people who get into podcasting ever get to the numbers where they can really monetize. And then I heard someone recently um, say, yeah, but now a lot of podcasts are selling their podcasts to make it into television or movies. And I've tracked every podcast that's got an option. It's about 27 out of 600,000. Um, yeah, that's about one in 22,000. To put that number in perspective, if you played high school basketball at any point, if you were a starter on your high school basketball team, your odds of getting drafted in the NBA are about one in 3,300. So, um, yeah, one in 22,000, not very good odds when you really think about what that number means. It's more like lottery numbers. So if you're starting a podcast – and your business plan is to get that podcast optioned, bought into movie industry, yeah, um, much better going to the roulette wheel. Or going to start playing basketball. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But I'm only 5'5". Five five. <laughs> okay. I'll be the ball. <laughs> well, thank you, Rob, for joining us. Great podcast. Always wonderful to speak with you. Kim, thank you so much for having me on. 
I'm America's Digital Pro, Kim Commando. Now, I hope you got as much as podcasts as we did here in the studios, putting it all together. That's one of the perks of working here, that we get paid to learn, and then we share that knowledge with you. Okay, your part is to pay it forward. It's free, so why not share this podcast, like it, and listen, if you have a topic that you'd love for us to explore and investigate, just let us know. And heck, if you have a question about something digital, I can help you with. Call 602-212-0058. Leave me your question and your contact information. That number again, 602-212-0058. I'll talk to you then. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.